What is up, everybody? Oh, pretty excited for this. Another solo cast here for Fairly Normal, which I think a lot of them are going to be from here on out. Because we're starting the new one soon with a co-host. And I think I'm just going to keep doing this solo cast because I like it. And we'll just move the other podcast to another place. So I can keep doing this. Um, I'll have to find a new song for the beginning of this one. Shit. But I'm pretty excited about this solo cast, guys. Guess what? I actually did some fucking research. And when I say research, I just read two paragraphs before I pressed record here. But, uh, yeah, because I didn't want to sound like too much of a dumbass on, like, normal times. When I have no problem sound like a dumbass. But, uh, I just wanted to make sure I had my fucking... I dotted my I's and I crossed my T's before I jumped into, uh... Wait, hold on. Ah. What's up, everybody? Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about today for a bunch of reasons. Uh, if I'm being honest with you, first of all, what a glorious Monday. It's a little cloudy here in L.A. I like it overcast a little bit. I miss the rain. I do. It rained when I was in Erie, Pennsylvania this week, and I kind of missed it. Great shows in Erie. Great club in Erie. Love juniors. Love the staff. Loved being there. Um, man, and I met... A couple, well, a couple, more than a couple fans of the podcast there. There's this young dude, and I don't know, man, if you're listening, he's wearing a Dodgers hat, sitting right up in the front row uh one of my shows, and he looked like Jacob. It was really bizarre. And I did the entire, I did my, you know, what I thought maybe my special would be, and a lot of that has to do with Jacob. It was really crazy to see, like, a Jacob twin sitting in front of me while I was talking about Jacob. But happy to be here. Guys. Man, oh man, I'm sitting in what is going to be the new, I have like this little, it was like, a, you know, when we moved in, it's like an add-on, right, off of where the the backyard is, and it's just a tiny little room, but at one point it was a, a guest room, and then we turned it into an office, and then it was like an office guest room, and then, it, then shit just started piling up in there, and uh... I've been talking to Beth about wanting to have like a little podcast studio back here and a even like to where I want to I'm going to do a start doing a um, talk show from the house. And uh, when I came back, she'd got all new furniture and stuff and basically gave me a a uh, just a she basically decorated it so it, it looks good, but she left enough open for me to add bits of myself in. So I'm sitting in here right now, pretty fucking excited about that. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, towards the end of last week, I, um, you know, everybody has these days where you start to feel a little bit bad for yourself, or you boo-hoo, and, um, y- you know, especially in, uh, you know, the one thing about the entertainment business, guys, and, you know, actors or comedians or 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 musicians or whatever you know they're the the intense roller coaster and I, and I honestly i don't mean to make it sound like uh other people in other possessions uh, professions don't have it but the intense roller coaster of one knowing that one day without your knowledge 
people are just not going to be interested anymore. That's one. And two, like, especially for, I would say, for those of us who put a lot of, a lot into our craft personally, it takes a while to really get used to the no. Because it's not like, um, you know, when I pitch things that I don't have any personal hold onto, game shows or talk shows or whatever, and people say no, whatever. But when you do stand up, when you are putting yourself out there personally, when you go into a room and you push pitch something personal and you hear no a bunch of times, that does take a little bit more time to recover because they are not just saying no to you because it's so personal. They're saying not just saying no to an idea. They are saying no to you in your mind. In their mind, it's not personal at all. In their mind, it's business. In your mind, and for those of us who do this, is sometimes it gets personal. That's why sometimes it's hard in this business, especially, to separate business and personal, because a lot of the times what people are saying no to is y- is you and in, in your life. And, and so, um, again, I'm not saying that other people don't face rejection in other professions. I I can only tell you what for me the sometimes it's tough. And last week, the end of last week was tough. It was tough, and um, the week in Erie. Not only the crowds and not only the people, and uh, but it just getting away for a weekend and um, you know I sitting in a hotel room for a little bit and and uh, just really mentally readjusting was exactly what I needed. And we're back, and here we are on Monday in LA. I hope you motherfuckers are having a great day. I want you all to know that if you everybody has those days, man. Where you're like, oh fuck this! I am, I am. There's no way I'm gonna. There's no way I'm winning. There's no way I'm gonna get that promotion. There's no way that you know, self doubt creeps creeps into everybody's head. It's, you know, it's just a matter of if you want to look back a year from now and be like, man, did I did I just waste that entire fucking year? That's the thing. Like that. That's how I always snap myself out, guys. And like I said, I'm a I'm a positive dude. But even positive people, if they say, no, that never, I never have a bad day, or they're lying to you. In the way that I always, for me, the way I always pop out of it is, man, five years from now, if I look back and I think, oh, I just wasted three years, you know, I wasted three out of those five years, I'm going to be fucking mad. The only thing that, look, I'm never, I told Jacob this this morning, you know, he was talking about, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And I was like, hey. Uh, what do you think about being 18? And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, I'm not 18. I go, I know. You'll never be 18 again. Did you spend that year of being 18 the way you wanted to? Did you live every day the way you wanted to live your 18-year-old life? No. There's nobody to blame but you. And that's the way I look at it too, man. You know, at some point, you're going to have more, more yesterdays than tomorrows. And when you look back, how were those yesterdays? So that's it for me. I don't mean to I'm get down off my fucking soapbox. And get back into, first of all, let's start off with uh, my pet peeve of the day. Because uh, this happened yesterday in the airport. Hey, if you are listening, if you're in public, if you're on a public transit, uh, on a plane, in a public place, and you're listening to a video without headphones, you're a fucking savage who should never be let out of the house. Nobody wants to hear your music. Nobody wants to hear your fucking video. No. Nobody went, no, the guy next to me was watching the Big Bang Theory in the airport. 
the fuck volume on, laughing up, having a good old day. Yeah, man, good for you. I like that show too. With my headphones on. With my headphones on. I could not believe it. It's 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 crazy to me. And, and oh, look, I'm sure this would have get, gotten brought up as a pet peeve later, anyways. But speakerphone in public? No, sir. Loud talk in public on the phone? No, sir. And watching a video with no headphones in public? Take that shit somewhere else. That's all I'm saying. I, I can't. We all just. You know, they're, that's the thing. It, it, you know what these do? They all fall back. All my pet peeves, the majority of them, fall into the category, the ones that bother me the most, of people not taking into account that there are other people in the world. That, I mean, because like the it's like the slow in the left-hand lane, the long fucking line at Starbucks not getting up and knowing what you want. Like all of that is oblivious to other people in the world. There are other people behind you in the fucking Starbucks line that are waiting, waiting, just like you. Know what you want. There are other people behind you. That left-hand lane, there are fucking four other lanes. You're going to sit in that lane? Are you kidding me? There are other people behind you. There are other people, that's, that's, I think that's where most of my pet peeves come from. Not, not, not Most of the ones that bother me, the, the ones that are on the top of my list, how about that, generally come from other people just being oblivious to them not being the only people in the world. Um, I do want to be, if I'm being honest with you also, um, this week, you know, I've had a bunch of concussions in my life. Um, and so I, I might slow down a little on weed for a week because I'm going to run an experiment. For those of you who don't know, when you guys hear me pause sometimes... Or, if, I mean, anybody who's ever talked to me for an extended period of time knows there are times where I go, he's pausing for a long time. This is for a dramatic effect. Or he's looking for a word. Nope. A lot of times, guys, the word is right in front of my head. I can hear it in my head. I, my mouth wants to say it, and it just doesn't, nothing comes out. It's, it's such a weird, frustrating thing to happen for me. It's, it's, it's almost like my my mouth is frozen. It's like it's like I can hear the word in my head. I can hear the sentence in my head. I can hear the information in my head. It's just not traveling to my mouth for whatever reason. And sometimes there's that pause. It's frustrating as fuck for me. And I and and um, uh, it's frustrating. Oh, honestly, it's frustrating not because it happens, because I think it's funny and the kids make Jacob loves to make fun of me about it. It's frustrating. You know, I guess more in a scary way. Like, I hope it's not something that's happened to me because of my concussions. And I, if it's something from weed, then I can probably stop it. Not weed entirely, but I could slow it down, I guess, at least. But, I mean, guys, I, you know, when Beth first met me, I, I didn't smoke. I was in a part of my life where I wasn't drinking, no drugs, no smoking. We were talking about this last night. When she first met me, um, I was... I had a television deal at 20th Century Fox for a show on ABC. And uh, uh, the kids were young and uh, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. No drugs. It's not that I had sworn them off. It's not that I had never done them. I was just at a part in my life where I was raising three kids and and I was, you know, I was just finally getting back on my feet mentally and physically. 
And um, I was like, I, I just can't do that right now. So it's funny. She was talking about last night. She goes, to go from where you were then to now is crazy. Like you're like, you're like, a, it's like a whole different person. Yeah, because my, you know, like, okay. You know, when you were a kid, and this is, by the way, when I know, when I knew Jacob was hiding shit. When I knew Jacob was hiding shit, just like all my kids, that weird cigar box or that odd wooden box shows up in their room and they put it on their desk and they're like, why? And I'm like, why is that there? Oh, I just like the way it looks. What? What they don't know is that every teenager since the history of fucking time began hides their weird shit in that little box. Whether, like I said, sometimes it was a cigar box or like an old box that people used to keep ashes in or whatever or an old urn. I've seen people use that. But that one weird little junky thing is where you fucking keep your, like, are you that dumb? So, But I have one of those by the side of my bed because I'm not trying to hide anything. It's not a wooden box, but it's an odd box. Odd box was my nickname in high school. But um, that is just packed full of weed. Oh, and my, I, I think I have some chocolate mushrooms, but those are in the freezer. Um, Yeah, I don't know why right now, this time in my life, but that just seems right to me. Uh, I know I'm all over the place, guys. That is basically what is happening in my brain all the fucking time. It's just like a zigzag. You remember Shoots and Ladders? Remember that game, Shoots and Ladders? That's my brain. Sometimes you go up and then you step on the wrong thing and you go, whoo, you take a shoot all the way back down. You're like, fuck, I got to start over. All right. Um, but yeah, so those are the pet peeves. I also want to say um, I stumbled on an artist that I am so fucking excited about. I love, I, I, I just spent the weekend listening to Beth Hart. If you haven't listened to Beth Hart, if you haven't listened to Beth Hart, if you like a bluesy, gritty, uh, she is unbelievable. I, I, I have to tell you the, the way I didn't, uh, I didn't stumble on it in that like, Okay, I stumbled on it because I was watching The Voice. Okay, you heard me. And Miley said she had one of her, a couple of her people sing a Beth Hart song. And I was like, what the, who's Beth Hart? And then now it makes me want to hang out with Miley even more. I got to tell you, I if I can have dinner with one person, it might be Miley Cyrus. It might be. Fuck you. It might be Miley Cyrus. If I, I'm so fucking fascinated with her. I just am. I, I I think she's, I think she's so good and such a, mm, such a just a, she's fresh man and she's so secure with who she is and is always looking to help and other people and it just seems like a generous soul and at the same time seems fucking fun like a shit ton of fun. So yeah, Miley, I know you listen to the podcast every week because you text me, not really, but uh. What do you think? I'll, 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 my treat. We'll go to Chipotle. Um, and then you can order anything you want off the menu. Uh, you know what? I'll even, you know, I'll take it one step further. I will pay for your Uber and the weed. Boom. Bring it. Um, so today, guys, a couple things I do want to, uh, talk to you about. And, um, first, I posted today on my Instagram and and um, Facebook and Twitter. I posted a picture I found when I was cleaning up in this office area, 
I found a the back cover of the CD that Beth and I um, gave to people at our wedding. And it was so cool to see it again. Let me read to you the songs that are on the CD, okay? Um, okay, so on the CD is an intro. The intro was she and I just talking and making fun of each other and all that stuff. Song number two is a song that a friend of ours, Martin, wrote called Moving Out West that we really liked. Song number three is the first song that I ever played for Beth. Uh, I was in my minivan, the Toyota Sienna. And the, by the way, Toyota Sienna has a fucking bumping sound system. Bumping! There was like 74 speakers in that minivan. We used to, I mean, you could hear the minivan, and I added some speakers. You could hear the music coming out of that minivan down the freeway. We, I remember my brother telling me once that you could hear that fucking, the music coming out of that Sienna coming down the block. But the first song I ever played for her was by Cake. And it was called Bucket Seats. And so that is the first song I ever played for her. That's the third song on the CD. The fourth song on the CD is a song by my cousin Gary. Uh, my cousin Gary used to play in a band called Stickball. That was, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that band, uh, that first CD they put out, I was like, oh, this band's going to be fun. It was just dirty rock. Uh, so good. And so there's a song called Evergreen that my cousin Gary uh, wrote, and, and um, that is the fourth song on the CD. The fifth song on the CD, oddly enough, was the first song Beth ever played for me. Weirdly enough, we had decided we were going to play each other a song. Unbeknownst to each other, we both picked a cake song. Is that weird? The first song she ever played for me was a song called Mexico. How about that? So th that was the fifth song. The sixth song and seventh song and eighth songs were the kids' songs. They got to pick. So Jacob picked first, and he picked Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. I bet, so in 2004 was when I got married, so he was seven years old. But he picked it when he was six. So he picked Smooth Criminal. My daughter, Caitlin, picked a song called Rosemary by Lenny Kravitz. Fucking great choice. I am not going to lie to you, out of my three kids, for sure, my daughter has the best taste in music. For sure. Um, and I think it. I think it's the best taste because it's closest to mine. Um, but it's, she's, yeah. And Rosemary is a great Lenny Kravitz song. Boo! I love that song. Song number eight. For those of you still listening who haven't turned off this yet, turned this off yet. Sorry about that for switching around the words in a sentence. Um, say It Ain't So. That was my son Trevor's pick. By Weezer. I think it's my favorite Weezer song, too. I, I, for whatever reason, I used to love to take a little bit of ecstasy and listen to that song. Here are the songs that I liked when I was taking ecstasy. And I would sit in the minivan and turn up the fucking... Ugh, okay. Say It Ain't So. Blow Up the Outside World by Soundgarden. I would put that on repeat. And just... Oh, my God. It's crazy. And you know what else song? You know what other song? Oh, from uh, 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 Raging Ancient Machine. Ba -na -ba -na 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 -na. Hey, Rocky. Da -da -na 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 -na. You can come in here, buddy. Since we redid the office, his little day bed isn't in here anymore, and he doesn't know where to go. Well, hi, buddy. You okay? What do you want to say? Oh, I know, handsome. Where's your little bed that was in here? 
All right. Oh, you just sneezed in my face. That's cool. Uh, okay. Song number eight. Uh, song number nine, I'm sorry, was the song uh, that I told Beth if I wish I could sing for her, but I don't have... It's a, a very difficult song to sing, but it encapsulated how I felt about her, and it's called Maybe I'm Amazed by Paul McCartney. The live version of that might, for me, might be my favorite live recorded song of all time. And he sung that out at Old Cella, and I came in my pants four times. Uh, the next song, oh yeah, we like this one. The next song was the, the <laughs> I don't know how many of you are going to know this song, but you want me to feed you, buddy? Is that what you want? You want some food? You want some food? Okay, buddy, I'll get you some food. Come on, I'll bring this with me. The next song was the song that we used to sing in the car together. I don't know how many of you guys know this song. It's called Le- Bad, Bad Leroy Brown by Jim Croce. The kids loved it, and we would crank it in the car, and they would just sing Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. That was a good time. Uh, that beeping you heard was the little alarm that goes off whenever I go in my garage. Um, yeah, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. And then the last song was um, At Last, which was our song for our first dance. And that was by Etta James. And so that was the CD. And I found it today, and, and um, you know, it, it's, it's, there's a bit of nostalgia for me. There's something about, like, it's just like, I, I think I've said this before, but, like, I like to think, when I think back about Seattle, sorry, that's his food. When I think back about Seattle, and I think about, you know, just starting out, when I think about, you know, sitting in a diner with fucking... Brody Stevens and Tana Manu and Gavin Boyd and and just writing jokes, man. And we had nothing. We didn't have a fucking pot to piss in. And, you know, we were basically ordering a Coca-Cola and sitting in someone's booth for three hours because we couldn't afford food. But um, there's some nostalgia about the struggle. Do you know there's, an, there's about just an innocence when you were doing what you wanted to do just for the purity of doing it. And so I kind of look at back at like that with Beth and I too, because, you know, I, I, I called her and I said, Hey, she, by the way, she's editing your movie right now, which is a fucking, it's going to be a monster hit. Um, but I called her and I was like, Hey, I don't remember. I said, look what I found. I found the cover. And I said, I can't find the, the front cover. And she laughed and she said, we couldn't afford a front cover. And I had forgotten that. We couldn't afford a front cover. That was just the back cover with the... It, it, and it made me smile because uh, because we didn't say, fuck it, we can't do a CD, we can't do a front cover. Fuck it, we we did what we could do. And, and it was... I don't know. I know it sounds stupid. I know it does. I also had a great phone call today with my buddy Joey Diaz. And... Um, you know, he really, he asked me a question. He was like, man, why don't you talk about, you know, your days as a single dad more? And I feel like I've covered those bases. Um, but he was like, you never really, even in the book, you never really get into the struggle or what you really had to do or what you really, not only what you had to do, but the things you couldn't do as a young man, the life you couldn't lead that the rest of us were. You know, that you were always at that house. 
you know, he was like, you've never mentioned, I was probably 142 pounds, guys. I was eating a meal a day, you know. He goes, you know, how come you don't talk about that? And I'm happy to, if you guys want to hear it, I wouldn't know where to start, honestly, um, because it was so all-consuming. Um, and, and look, I don't want to get, I don't want to, I guess the reason I haven't talked about it, if I'm being completely honest, is I don't want, I don't, I don't, pity's not the right word, but like, I'm not there anymore. I'm here. And I spent a long time getting out of there. And I don't know, like, I don't know if I need to talk about that stuff for you guys to get a, 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 a fuller picture of who I am. Um, I don't know if I need to talk about that stuff in order for you guys to connect with me more. I'm happy to talk about it. I just, you know what? Like, that's not me anymore. It's just not me. You know, at some point I had stopped taking meetings about selling my life story as a TV show because I was so far removed from it. I almost felt like it was disrespectful to Beth. You know, one of the reasons I didn't, I almost didn't release my book was because I released it. I wasn't a single dad when I released the book. So the interviews that I would do and going on the road, there was just a, you know, all the questions were about being a single dad and, and all that stuff. And I understood why, because that's what the book was about. But I, I felt like it was, I felt like in a way it was like, don't, don't drink out of my water fucking gross I felt like in a way that it was disrespectful to Beth I guess because you know truth of the matter is I was a single dad for a while but then she came along man and she helped me raise those kids and and for for the majority of my you know life as a parent and I just I don't know but yeah I mean I I was I was 142 pounds. I, I, you know, when everybody else was going out, I was in my house. Um, we, I did meet, eat a meal a day. It was, it was, bro. Uh, I, that's the closest I think I've ever come to breaking. Um, and it happened almost daily, but I'm not the only person with that struggle. Like I know people talk to me all the time after my shows and all I can tell you is this guys. Honestly, all I can tell you is this, is I consistently, my kids never knew that we were poor because that wasn't what we focused on. They ate three meals a day. They ate food they liked, man. Kids, you know, my kids love mac and cheese. That shit is cheap as fuck, you know, mac and cheese. And, and, but we made everything fun, no matter how basic it was. Now, if we had been that poor as they got older, they're more cognizant of it. But at that point in time, they weren't. And as they started to get older and were cognizant of it, they had already been instilled with so much confidence and security at their house that I don't know if it bothered them as much. So I would just tell you guys, I don't even know what I was saying. I get a little flustered talking about this just because I just don't know. And honestly, maybe I don't talk about it because I've buried it. Maybe I buried it because, you know, there were some dark fucking times. There were some dark times um, for me, especially. And 
you know, I, I also think that, you know, there were, I was, when I look back, there were, there were times where I felt weak and I hate feeling weak. And so maybe that's why I don't talk about it. Um, and maybe that's why I only tell the funny stories because the other stories are, um, well, they're rough and, and, and they, they may not be rough for for you guys. You know what I mean? I'm not saying like they were, but they were, they bring me back to a place emotionally where I don't like to be, where I, I felt out of control, where I felt like, you know, no matter how hard I tried that there was nothing I could do to change my situation. And I'll tell you something. The good thing about it is I know that not to be true. As difficult as that time was, guys, I'm here. I'm here. I All those things that I was scared of that I'd never get out of there, that this is gonna just going to be, I was going to have to quit my, I was going to have to jump off my dream drain. I was going to, and I wasn't qualified to have a real job. And I, that apartment was basically what I was looking at for the rest of my future. And all of those things that I was scared of didn't happen because I never quit. Um, and because I got some lucky breaks and like we all do. So as difficult as it was, I, I honestly, in a weird way, look back on that time with some fondness. I, I, I think that most people who struggle at a point in their life, not all, but look back at that time with a little bit of fondness or a little bit of just like a tip of the hat where you go, you know, that sucked why it happened, but I'm glad it happened. And that's basically, I'm not glad that I struggled and I'm not glad that the kids struggled and I'm not glad that I had no money and I'm not glad that we went through all that ridiculousness, but I am, but I am. Um, yeah. Okay. Guys, the other thing I want to talk to you about, cause I did do some research. I know you were wondering about the research. I know you're sitting there like, what did he research? Okay. I read today that Vanessa Hudgens is getting shit about you putting braids in her hair. She's getting a lot of cultural appropriation, uh, a backlash. And so I was like, okay, I rambled a little bit about cultural appropriation on my Facebook live this morning. But then I was like, maybe I don't know exactly what it is. So I looked up cultural appropriation. Okay, so what they're saying, what this article is saying, um, Americans who grew up in diverse communities may pick up the dialect, customs, and religious traditions of the cultural groups that surround them. Cultural appropriation is an entirely different matter. It has little to do with one's exposure to and familiarity with different cultures. Instead, cultural appropriation typically involves members of a dominant group exploiting the culture of less privileged groups. Often with the little under okay. Often with a little understanding of the latter's history, experience, and traditions. Two okay. Those are two completely different things. And Vanessa Hudgens wearing braids is not, by this definition, cultural appropriation. That I get. I get, like, you would say Elvis maybe did some cultural appropriating because he benefited off of, right, the minority because he had a louder voice. So he took the music a little bit. That seems more like along the definitions. But here's what we're doing. My my problem is now, it's like, it's like 
the trigger words of the younger generation here, they're just blanketing everything. That cultural appropriation. The braids is not cultural appropriation. The braids are, she saw those. She doesn't make any profit of it. She likes the style. No, she can't. Her hair doesn't do that naturally. Okay. But, you know, black woman's hair isn't straight naturally. So are they not allowed to wear straight hair because it's cultural appropriation? No. And look, guys, it's just like, you know, when I was growing up, uh... J. Crew or real preppy things or like Timberland boots. That was white people. Am I supposed to say because those boots started off on white people, black folks aren't allowed to wear? They're not allowed to go to J. Crew. No. Yeah, we have to be very careful here, guys, about shaming people. If you you want the great melting pot, right? We all want the fucking great melting pot. That's why we're here. But the great melting pot means shit bleeds together sometimes sometimes shit bleeds together that's it if i if i if i if i you know if there's a chinese restaurant down the street that has some mexican cooks am i supposed to be like no now on another note when i eat chinese food i try not i make sure that they're cooked by chinese people but i'm not saying that the mexican people aren't allowed to cook the chinese food Guys, here's the difference. What we're talking about here is taking intellectual property, traditional knowledge, cultural expressions, or artifacts from someone else's culture. Okay. But for like a profit, right? Is that what we're talking about? Or for like uh, without understanding of the latter's history or experience. So that would make sense. Like, honestly, the Washington Redskins or the Cleveland Indians. I get that. If you want to call that cultural appropriation insensitive, which I am totally on board for, I have no opinion either way because I think we should listen to the Native Americans on this one, but whatever. Um, but guys, it's it's like at UC Davis last year, there was a Japanese dude who was trying, He I think he did, he got sumo, you know those big fat sumo costumes? He got them banned for cultural appropriation. Guys, you want the melting pot? You want the fucking melting pot? You want us all to live together. So do I. But that means we rub off on each other. Some shit I see that you like, you do, you eat, you wear, you listen to that I like, I'm going to do that shit. You're not, are you saying you're not allowed to look at somebody else now who's of a different race, creed, or color, or religion and say, I fucking like that, I'm going to try that? Or is that what we're saying? So no black rock and rollers, even though I know blues and... Uh, but, but listen... No black. Let's just let's just go blanket stereotypes. No black rock and rollers. No white rappers. Is that what we're saying? Because it makes no sense. You see something, you connect with it. That's it. it that's it. You see something, you connect with it. That's it. We live in America. Now, I, I understand what we're saying about the other part, where if the my if the majority is is basically taking something from the minority and because the majority is using it um, or appropriating it, I can't believe I used that word, um, for their profit, I get it. Or if it's insensitive, I get it. That I get. The braids, I don't fucking get. Here's the thing. It's just like the white privilege and all that. The, guys, white privilege does exist, but it, it can't be your answer to everything. I guess cultural appropriation does exist. It can't be your answer to fucking everything. 
You can't blanket it in there. Sometimes I'm just going to listen to a fucking Tupac CD. I just am. Is that cultural appropriation because I like hip-hop? No, it's not. Is, 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 is it cultural appropriation? Because I don't fucking know. I don't, it just is so ridiculous, guys. The beautiful thing about the melting pot is, is that we all learn from each other. We all see what other people are doing, and we get to be one big fucking happy family. But if you're saying we want cultural appropriation, we want a melting pot, but everybody's got to stay separate, well, that's not it. That's not fucking it. That's not what we're doing here. See, the cultural appropriation, when you're drawing those lines, right, about who's allowed to do certain things and who isn't. Example, borrowing is a key. Like, should I read it? Um, okay. And it says here, Madonna, Gwen Stefani, Miley Cyrus, have all been accused of cultural appropriation. Why? Why? I understand that. And in this one, Madonna makes sense. Madonna, for example, popularized the form of personal expression known as voguing, which began in black and Latina sectors of the gay community. Okay. That's what we were, the example we were talking about, where a majority takes a minority's voice and makes it their own. That I understand. But at the same time, everybody, as I mean saying it, I'm arguing with my fucking self. She saw something she liked, so she did it. She happens to be more... Yeah, I, I go back and forth on that. I go back and forth. I don't know. I don't know. I get it. And maybe it should be more about credit given because I didn't know that about the voguing, but I don't know. Um, okay, in 2013, okay. Here's the thing also. Uh, Gwen Stefani has faced criticism for a fixation on Harajuku culture from Japan. But, that's, but she's, here's the thing. Here's the difference. She's not claiming that to be her own. That's her obsession. She's not claiming that to be her own. Or Madonna seems like claimed voguing to be her own, although it didn't. She's she saw a dance thing that she liked, and wrote a song about voguing. I guess if she had made it more clear that it came from, but she clearly is uh, a fan. It was all. It's, if if that's where she got it from, it seems like. She was almost writing an homage. I could be way off, everybody. And please, please, because I feel, I don't like to feel stupid. And if I'm misunderstanding, is that a word? If I'm not understanding this cultural appropriation well, please, by all means, the fairly normal podcast at gmail.com, at Josh Wolf Comedy. I'm dying to know. I really do want to know. Um, in my, in 2013, Miley Cyrus became a pop star. Uh, she began to twerk. Okay. So what? What, what, what? It's a dance. It's a dance, everybody. She's not allowed to dance. So only black people can do the dances that black people make up and only white people. Nobody was saying that Miley Cyrus invented the twerk. As a matter of fact, Everybody knew she didn't. It just looked like she was twerking on stage. Um, it's it's so crazy. She's imitating crunk music videos. But that's what she likes. She likes that form of art. 
So what? That's the thing, guys. So what? If she likes that form of art, she can't practice hip hop or hip hop dance. She couldn't become a pure hip hop artist if she wanted to. Fuck you. Yeah, she can. If that's the art that she fucking relates to. I'm just so beyond this. I, I totally get the Madonna, I guess. I definitely get the Elvis one. Majority profiting off of the minority and not minority having a voice. I get it. That is not the case with Miley at all. Um, when Katy Perry performed as a gay show at American Music, she described it as an homage. Asian Americans disagreed, declaring performance yellow face. Okay. Guys, she did not put yellow face on. Are we not allowed to admire other cultures? Is that is that what we've come down to? Like, guys, you understand that we really, in this country, let's just call it, and it's still backwards. We're still, there's still so much racial animosity. But we haven't been integrated for that long, everybody. There haven't been that many generations of, of real integration. We're just starting to get to know each other's likes and cultures and dislikes. And there, there are white people who have jumped into the black culture 100%. Asians too, Mexicans too, Hispanics, whatever. What's the problem? They're, it, it, it's a, it, it, they're fascinated with the, with the music or whatever. I don't understand what the problem is. If we're saying only black people can perform certain types of music, white people can only perform certain types of music, Asian people can only wear certain things when they perform, like it seems fucking nuts to me. Again, you guys know me. I'm not a real well-thought-out podcaster, so I haven't thought out my arguments. You know, I just kind of flow and see what happens. But tell me if I'm wrong. Please, please tell me if I'm wrong. And please send me examples. I know there are examples. And, and like I said, I do know that there are some examples, true examples of cultural appropriation. So that now that I read that article, I do believe that it is a thing. But it seems like, just like, you know, safe spaces and trigger words and and white privilege... Cultural appropriation, you, they seem to get, the definitions are broad and broad and broad. So just, if there's something you don't like, you can throw it in one of those fucking categories you don't like. And sometimes shit is just the way shit is. That's it. Guys, we want the melting pot. I want black folks acting white. I want white folks acting black. I want Mexicans acting black. I want Asians acting Mexican. I want the whole fucking thing. I want everybody marrying each other. I, we want the melting pot. I want the whole experience. I don't want to just live the the one life that I know. I want to hear what you guys do. I want to see some things I don't know. I want to taste some food I never tasted. I want to hear some music I never heard. I want to dance. Well, I don't fucking dance. But you know what I'm saying. I want to wear some clothes. I never, look, guys, I, I wore parachute pants and was a pretend break dancer in high school. Was that cultural appropriation? Was I doing something wrong? Or did I just hang out with a group of guys that I fucking liked? Listening to music that I liked. What's the problem? I'm not from the South. I love country music. I'll put on a cowboy hat and some boots every now and then. I'm not a cowboy, everybody. Is that wrong? Am I not allowed to do that? Am I not allowed to wear a cowboy hat and boots? Because I'm not a cowboy? It's... I'm just saying. I'm not... 
I'm not telling you that these things aren't real. What I'm saying is you turn them into the big bag boogeyman and that everybody's whatever. I'm getting riled up. I got to get ready for the gym. Jacob's coming home to pick me up. Jacob got a new job. He's coming home to pick me up. Um, oh, we only have one car right now. Did I mention that? Oh, it's 420. Cheers. Um, we only have one car right now. I know. I know people think that we're fucking filthy rich. We're not. We only have one car right now because when Beth's, Beth's lease was running up right before she left to go film her movie. And um, so we got rid of it. And I didn't want to get a car and pay for it while she was gone. And then she came back and I've been on the road so much that I was like, well, fuck it. Let's not. I don't want to pay. Basically, we're waiting until December. So we've been a one car family. Let me tell you something. In Los Angeles. That there's public transportation sucks a dick here like a big dick. And, uh, yeah, so it's been fun. I've been at the home house a lot cleaning. Um, so, and I got to get ready. I'm going to go to the gym, everybody. And, uh, I have so much more to say. You guys know me. It's, we're 45 minutes in and I feel like I haven't even started talking yet, but I want you to know how much I fucking love these solo casts. I really do. And I, I, I want you to know that whether there's only 10 of you listening or I don't know how many, but thank you for traveling on the fucking ride with me. I know I'm all over the place, but it's really been, they're so cathartic and therapeutic. And I hope you guys get something out of them too. Um, remember to go get that Beth Hart, download that shit. She's amazing. Also, I, I've been rereading all of my Charles Bukowski, um, and I have a, a good Bukowski story next that I'll, I'll share with you guys next week. Uh, but read, listen, get outside, live your fucking lives. Let's do this shit. I'm off the road for a little while, everybody. Back out. Um, I think I'm only doing colleges in November. Back out on the road in December. I love the shit out of you guys. I really do. I really think I have the best fans in the world. Um, <laughs> I don't have as many fans as a lot of people but you guys you guys are good to me and i appreciate that and um and we'll talk to you next week maybe we'll do another one later this week but we'll definitely talk to you next week all right later